Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind. I'm Justin Carlucci here with the Chief. What's up, Will Priester? I am so excited. Predictable rotations are coming. Playoff basketball is coming. Solidified minutes are coming. Uh, it's going to be an awesome week. Yeah, we got four great games on Monday, four more on Tuesday, and I'm excited for these for these matchups. The bubble basketball has been awesome. Everything's been competitive. We've had no, knock on wood, COVID positive test. We just had one guy miss one, which was DeAndre from a couple of days ago. What a debacle that was. But, you oh, know, gosh. you know the ship's going to be ran a little tighter with the playoffs. And we're starting at 1.30. We got basketball till probably midnight on Monday. So let's go. Every day feels like a championship kind of day. It should be a hell of a, hell of a couple of weeks. I mean, we're going to wrap up the NBA Finals in September. You know, when football's supposed to start, we'll see what happens, hopefully. Yeah, same here, man. Really, really excited. I definitely think this first day, uh, I'm going to try to kick it off with a bang. I'm sure you're going to try to kick it closer and closer. feels like every day. Got really close Friday. Didn't quite make it. You know, one of my lock buttons didn't really show up, and and that kind of held me back a little bit. But all in all, man, no complaints about bubble basketball. It's been profitable. Yep, I, I got an interesting couple of days with the DK uh, World Fantasy Basketball Championship. It's a two-day slate. It's Monday and Tuesday. And on DK, the pricing is different for the Monday only and the Monday Tuesday. So if you open up both lobbies, and there's contests for both guys uh, on the DK lobby, the pricing is different, and it is it is strange. You can see that there are definitely cheaper guys for the two-day slate. You know, the, For example, Jamal Murray, and we'll get to him, is – 65 on Monday only, uh, and he's 62 for the two-gamer. So just something to keep note of. We're going to talk Monday only for both sites. Uh, but, yeah, it should be a busy day for me. There's, like, a pre-lock show for DraftKings, and I guess I'm going to make an appearance on it tomorrow at, I think, uh, like, between 11.30 and 12 Eastern. They're doing, like, a live look-in, like, the NFL draft. I don't know what the people want to see, but maybe I should get a GPP food of the day for the DraftKings camera. Should be a good couple of days, and you know, kicking it off with Utah and Denver. There's some real interesting pieces in this game, Utah and Denver. I just first glance on FanDuel, Will. What are you thinking for Monday? So, yeah, man, I, I'm extremely interested in this, you know, Utah-Denver game. You know, first game of the night, uh, Mike Conley's out. I, I think that's huge for what we can expect from these wings from Utah. I think Donovan Mitchell, Clarkson, Angles are all going to play a really big part. One interesting thing, though, that I see on DK, Royce O'Neal, uh, 3500 that, that seems too cheap for me. If I was going to be pegging my, uh, you know, pegging a, a value play, I think Royce O'Neal at 3500 is really good. And we got Clarkson at 38 which isn't much more than that. So, um, but, but Royce O'Neal as well, I, I don't want to overlook him on this slate. Not saying he's going to go out and get 40. But, you know, he's, he's, he's capable of getting 20 to 25 on most slates uh, with upside for 30 to, 30 to 35. I gladly accept that on a four-game slate. Uh, so really like him. Uh, and then on the other side, man, my favorite play across the board today is just going to be Jamal Murray. I, I think he's too cheap on both sides. 6,100 on FanDuel. Definitely going to be a lot button uh, for me on FanDuel. And then on DK, 6,500 for the, for the one-game slate. I just – I think that's a little bit too cheap for Jamal Murray. I think he's a seven to, you know, $7,200, $7,300 player on a good day if he's consistently is hitting the ceiling. 
I think it's too cheap. He's someone I'm going to be heavily invested in. Like I said, I will be hitting a lot button on FanDuel on Jamal Murray. Yeah, on DK, he pushes 8K sometimes. And this is a guy who's got – but we're talking about major – not we usually talk about price discrepancies between slates. But now there's some serious differences in pricing. Uh, they, they kind of switched up a little bit. Jamal Murray is definitely underpriced. Uh, nice call on Royce O'Neal, guy averaged like 10-8 and eight inside the bubble, I think. And now Mike Conley's not around. Uh, congrats again to Mike Conley, by the way, uh, baby boy, welcome into the world. So that was cool. I saw Waz drop that tweet. I'm like, man, this man knows everything. He knows, he knows kids names, but probably before most family members do. He probably knows what Mike Conley is eating for dinner tonight. So, uh, that was pretty cool. But yeah, and Jordan Clarkson, 3,800 on DK as well. So you got to think that these Utah guys will have a little bit bigger roles, especially without Conley. Uh, you know, Joe Ingles, the guy we talked about, you know, he's you know about what he's normally priced, but probably handle the ball a little more. So I think there's plenty of direction to go here in the Utah-Denver game. Uh, I know I was jumping over to the Utah side of things, but, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell, you know, he's going to be playing some point now. You don't have to pay for him on DK, you know, 8K, kind of what he's usually priced around, usually in the sevens, maybe, you know, eight, low eight, something like that. 8K flat for Mitchell, who's had some pretty big games against the Nuggets this year, and uh, he's going to run some point. So I think this is a sneaky game for fantasy, especially with the recent news with Mike Conley and obviously no Bogdanovich, who's been out for quite some time. But, yeah, Jamal Murray, I'm looking at that price. We did get confirmation that Will Barton and Gary Harris are not going to play. So that was kind of just reassuring to kind of you know, stick to your guns on the Denver side of thing. Uh, and obviously Michael Porter Jr. has been balling out. 7,100, what do you expect from Michael Porter Jr. in his first ever playoff game? Well, I really like him here. Now, I'm not going to hit the lock button like I've been doing. But at 6,800 on FanDuel, he's going to get 35 minutes. I, I like it a lot. I, I'm going to try to be well over the field. You know, when, when I first looked at this slate, I did not expect to have so much exposure to this game. But I'm telling you right now, folks, a lot of my bills are going to really hinge on the performance of these players in this game, uh, specifically Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell, you know, sprinkles of Porter, uh, sprinkles of Ingles. So, you know, this game could very well be my day. Uh, if, if, if everything breaks correctly. But I, I do really like Michael Porter. I think they priced him down some because, of, you know, his lower minute outputs at the end of the bubble. But I think he's back up to 35 to 40 minutes uh, in this particular spot with the playoffs. They want to win. I think they're going to play him. If you're game log hunting while you're listening to this, just remember the the most previous matchup, the most recent matchup was a double overtime game if you're seeing a lot of big minutes uh, last week, last weekend. So just keep that in mind. But these teams have a, have a history together. They play frequently. You can find some data. I'm looking at Jokic below 9K on DK. And I'm thinking, yeah, he's a little underpriced. 8,700 for Jokic, who, you know, he he has a high ceiling. He doesn't, you know, hit it as much as he did before Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and Jamal Murray coming back probably doesn't help a lot. Um, but he's one of the most gifted passers in the league, not only just among big men, but he averages over seven assists a game. So it, you know, the the Murray coming back and the emergence of Michael Porter kind of spreads the floor a little bit because they're threats to go off from anywhere. Michael Porter's got one of the purest shots for a kid that's like 6'10". That, that jumper is is money, man. So I like Jokic at under 9K on DK for Monday-only slate. And I, I didn't really start making any Monday-only builds. I've been a little bit more focused on the World Final or Monday-Tuesday. But, uh, you know, there's four games. It's like, so it's really difficult to fade a game entirely, you know. So uh, there's definitely fantasy, a, a lot of fantasy value in this Denver-Utah game. And maybe like a year or two ago, you're like, oh, Denver-Utah, like, man, the pace is whatever. There's nobody good. Like, 
But, you know, with the situation, and there, there's a lot of talent on this game now, and a lot of players are going to have some usage bumps on both sides. Yeah, man, I, I, and I'm with you. I like Jokic here. Here's the thing I like about Jokic, and, and, and guess what? I didn't even have to really go look at the game logs because I played Jokic so much in the playoffs in single game last year. Mike Malone is definitely a pest during the regular season in terms of minutes. Go look at the playoffs and look at Nikola Jokic's minutes in the playoffs outside of them maybe blowing the team out or them getting blown out. Minutes are stable pretty much in the mid-30s every game. I trust this team in the playoffs. Mike Malone's not an, not an idiot. He better play these guys. He's going to play these guys. I'm going by the track record. I think Jokic is a phenomenal play. And I won't be fading Rudy Gobert on the other side. And I'm not a Rudy Gobert guy. But on this slate, you know, Jokic is 87. Rudy Gobert is 77. I definitely think, you know, you want to get some exposure to Gobert as well. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying he's the greatest play in the world in terms of putting up 70, 80, 60. But I think 45 is, is a very reasonable expectation for Rudy Gobert in this matchup. Well, I like it. I like it a lot. And uh, he's a guy who's generally has a pretty high floor. Um, you know, he will have to guard some Jokic out on the perimeter a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of on the offensive side of things for Gobert, uh, Jokic isn't the best defender. He's not laterally quick at all. There's there's not a lot of advantages. You know, I watched the play-in game, and I'm sure you did, which was awesome, by the way, that Portland-Memphis game. And I was kind of – I played a little showdown for that, of course. You know, I needed something to play. And – just from a different perspective, I was kind of just thinking about things. And it seemed like Valanciunas and Nurkic both kind of got in foul trouble against each other uh, the past couple of meetings they had. You know, we're seeing logs with three and four fouls or something like that. And it, it, you're like, wow, well, you can't play both of them, right? Well, they both had great games. But, you know, if you think you can't play both of them because maybe one always gets in foul trouble, it was almost like they were both playing with a ton of caution because they knew of the history of foul trouble and how, how important the game was, and they didn't want to get in foul trouble. And you really saw they were playing some conservative defense against one another at times. And they're, they're, they're both like, you know that Spider-Man meme where you're look, those both Spider-Mans are looking at each oh, other? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like Valanciunas and Nurkic are kind of like a very like the same basketball player in the grand scheme of things in terms of uh, skill set and size and things like that. So. Uh, there's always five million ways to look to look at something, and I just thought that was interesting. And the playing game was a lot of fun to watch, and and man, that that was crazy. Good game, yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, let's move on here. Brooklyn, Toronto, four o'clock. The Nets got in this gritty, grindy type of team. You know, they don't need Kyrie. They don't need Kevin Durant. Uh, totally different team. We'll see next year on the court. But here we are. It's the Karis LeVert show. And a four-game slate, a guy who has a ton of usage like that, you obviously have to at least take him into consideration. 76 over here on DraftKings he's priced at, which is about right. And he's taken on the Raptors, who we both talked about a little bit. And they're obviously the superior basketball team here. But uh, for me, you know, if I'm looking for a Brooklyn run back or something, it's going to be Karis LeVert. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I don't – I'm not going to be too invested in Brooklyn tomorrow. I think – Karis, listen, and I'm being—I'm just being honest with the listeners. I haven't debated whether or not I'm going to go on a full Brooklyn fade yet, and I was—I was really trying to come to that conclusion before the show. I haven't been able to reach it yet. So realistically, you don't want to fade a guy that's, you know, over a fantasy point per minute, pushing, you know, over thirty percent usage. 
um, because I, I don't want to try to overpredict the blowout. However, I'm, I'm trying to really think about Brooklyn's productivity against a team that I feel like is pretty solid, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And so I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to weigh out the options in my mind. And at the moment, I feel like I'm still going to go with the predominantly Brooklyn fade. Uh, I, I like the price on Levert, but you know Garrett Temple, Joe Harris. I, I don't mind Joe Harris, but Karoops, Allen. Th- this team just, I just feel like. They're priced enough for me to play them, but I don't feel like anybody's going to have a ceiling game. And so for that reason, I, I, I think I'm taking a full fade on Brooklyn tomorrow, and if it burns me, it burns me. I, th- I think that's the approach I'm going to take. Um, I think there's enough, you know, other options for me to, you know, get in the guys that I, I want to play. I, I don't think I have to play Brooklyn on this slate for me to take down the GPP. And, hey, I, I could definitely be wrong, but I, I, th- I think I've settled in on taking a full fade. Yeah, well, you got to take your stands. And on a four-game slate, you got to – you know, if you're max entering, that's where you get the advantage. Uh, on the other side of the ball, on DK, all the Raptors are eight are 7,900 or less, which is which is interesting. Uh, maybe, yes. they're think, maybe they're thinking it's a blowout kind of thing too. Obviously, four-game slate, you know, not the pricing's not jacked up. For me – and Brooklyn is a bad pick and roll defending team. We know that, and a lot some of these guards over here in Toronto run it frequently. Anytime I see Fred Van Fleet under seven K, I'm interested. He's a high floor guy. He finds ways to get it done. He was playing really well in the bubble. Sixty eight hundred for Fred Van Fleet is probably probably one of my favorite plays for the for the Monday slate just per dollar. I mean, that's solid. He was like 7,900 a couple of days ago. So I like Van Fleet, and I like some of the Raptors' bigs too. And uh, they're just hard to figure out sometimes. You know, Siakam's under 8K. hasn't been playing the best. Maybe he needed a few days off. But sometimes that usage just gets divvied up among among all the guys in the court. A lot of talent on that Toronto team, Will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I really like – and it's the pricing. And that's what's really making me want to play a lot of these guys. I mean, I'm getting – and I'm going to specifically talk about FanDuel. Now, they're cheap on DK as well for the most part, especially OG at 3500 Another one of those value guys. And OG has legitimate 35 to 40-point upside. I, I, I like him on, on, on DK. Uh, on FanDuel, OG is 4300 So, you know, not – not as cheap, but still cheap enough for a four-game slate. I, I want to get over to Kyle Lowry on FanDuel, 7,300. Uh, Jamal Murray is just too, really too cheap, which is why I'm, I'm hitting the lock button. But Kyle Lowry is a guy I'm going to have massive exposure to on the slate. Fred Van Vliet at 7K, uh, I definitely think he's in play for sure. Uh, Norman Powell should should be pretty secure in a, in a sixth kind of a hybrid six, seven-man role because, you know, they kind of bring it back off the bench. But uh, I think his minutes are secure. You can play him. He's 5K. One of my favorite plays, though, Pascal Siakam, a guy that really, in terms of fantasy production, hasn't been as good in the bubble. I mean, he's had one game over 40 points in the bubble, uh, and everything else was 35 or less. So, you know, we're talking about a guy that may not get a lot of ownership on this slate, uh, because of, you know, recency bias, but I, I think this guy's got the upside. Uh, and, and that's about where I'll stop. I, now, listen, I'm definitely going to have some shares of Mark Gasol on this slate. I don't fade any centers against Brooklyn. I just don't do it, ever. So, you know, if Mark Gasol plays 25 minutes, he could end up with 35 fantasy points. So I, I want to get some exposure 
in the event we catch an upside game from him as well. Well, yeah, I, I agree. It's hard to fade any bigs against Brooklyn. Uh, and even maybe have a couple of GPP shares of Ibaka because they're similar skill set at this point, you know, of a jump shot, three-point, you know, catch and shoot three off the pick and roll. Uh, Brooklyn doesn't rebound at all ever. It's funny because with Jared, I think, wow, Jared Allen's a beast when he's on the floor. But collectively, they, he's it. They, they don't rebound outside of Jared Allen. So uh, I think you can take some shots there as well. I like it well. I like, I like where your head's at. Philly and Boston, 630. Nice little rivalry game here. Al Horford revenge game. I'm, I'm just kidding, but it is technically revenge series. Um, Philly, man, dinged up, you know, a lot of question marks around the Sixers. Things just aren't trending in the right direction. You got Embiid at 10-2. Um, you know, he's been a little dinged up too. Uh, he hurt his, was his hand or his finger or something a couple games ago, and it was visibly bothering him against, uh, against Houston. And he, he didn't, he actually must be playing really safe with him. He, and it was bothering him. He played 23 minutes, and he missed, like, he wasn't going to play a lot more anyway, but he did not return from the game against Houston. Um, had 14 and 6 in 23 minutes. And then he got, like, Tobias Harris, you know, 7,800. Nice little price to pay on DK on the four-game slate. Boston's typically pretty good defensively. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, where do you go with the Sixers team, Will? Well, I mean, you know, I'm going to take it back to the fan dude parts here. Beat is 8,500. I mean, 8,500 Joel Embiid. Whoa. Oh, man. Just incredibly cheap here. I and He's probably going to be massive chalk on FanDuel. I just I, – I mean, he's 8,500. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what else I can say about it. You don't it. have he's to. He's 8,500. 8,500. You know, I, I'm I'm gonna have massive exposure. Uh, I was I don't I don't really hit the lock button on Fanduel too much in terms of center, unless I just feel like it's just the absolute smash spot. So I'm, I I can't hit the lock button there, but massive exposure for sure. Uh, I actually think Al Horford may end up being a really good play here, and it's all about the pricing, folks. Al Horford is 5,300 in this matchup, and it's and it's all about the pricing on DK. He's 72. Correct. All, all about the pricing. So, you know, Al Horford for sure in play on FanDuel. I, I, I don't think I would play him on DK. Tobias Harris, 7,100. I like that price. I mean, these Philly guys are too cheap. I feel like the algorithm, algorithm is almost expecting Boston to just kind of run away with this game. And while I, I do feel like Boston is the better team without Ben Simmons in the, in the mix, I don't feel like they're just going to stomp Philly out of the building. So, I I think these guys are too cheap, and, and that's the bottom line. Alec Burks, thirty nine hundred, one of my favorite value players at shooting guard. Like Alec Burks a lot, same price on both sides. Uh, he's kind of shifting towards maybe that six man role. Maybe we talked about a little bit. He's probably been their best player over the last two weeks, and that's being serious. Uh, that's real talk on Alec Burks right there. He's been really good. Brett Brown finally let him play a little bit. Use that pick and roll with Embiid. Eighty five hundred for Embiid is like. You know, as long as he doesn't get hurt or something, like a bad game for Embiid is like he should hit five times value at 8,500, like nine out of ten times, right? Like it just – that's just insane. 8,500. Wow. Yes. Yes. That is the price. I mean, and Jokic is 86, so it's not like there's that much of a – it's just – fan. I feel like FanDuel really messed up on his pricing, and I think they're going to adjust it as the playoffs progress. So take advantage of it while you can, folks. 
That, um, that's why I'm going to be hitting these lock buttons. I would imagine Jokic and Embiid was, are both going to carry super ownerships on FanDuel at those prices, definitely. Probably not the case with Embiid on DraftKings, you know, but it's just, it's just crazy how the two sites kind of differentiate from one another. Yes. Yes, so that that should be a fun game, and you know Boston with everyone healthy is kind of tough to figure out too. You know the yeah, six, sure. the Sixers kind of struggled defending wings from time to time, and I I don't know if it's going to be Gordon Hayward or Jalen Brown or, or even Tatum, but I favor the wings in this game for Boston maybe more than Kemba Walker. Kemba's up to sixty nine on DK. Marcus Smart sixty two. I uh, I don't know. I'm okay, but if I if I'm gonna have any decent exposure from Boston and DK is probably going to be the wing players more so than the guards. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's fair. I will say this. This is a gut play. Campbell Walker is six K on FanDuel. Wow. Already got the reporting that the minutes limit is lifted. A guy that's been craving to get in the playoffs and performing and show what he can do to try to help a team get over the hump. I'm not saying Kimball Walker's going off for 60, but I'm saying this could be a legitimate Kimball Walker go out, gets hot in the first quarter, has 12 to 15 real points, and then he just strokes it the rest of the way. I I like Kimball Walker in this spot. I, I think, and this is just outside of the normal numbers that we look at and other things. This is just a gut feeling on a guy that's been wanting to play in the playoffs Got away from my – just the re, the rejection of the Charlotte Hornets. Didn't pay him the contract. They were losing anyway. I'm glad he got out of Charlotte. Uh, I, I like Kimball Walker here. And it's purely a gut play, folks. Purely a gut play. Oh, that, that one hit his home. I, I, for a second, I, I was like, why do you know so much about Kimball Walker? Wow. Um, how do you – you must be really irritated with the whole Nick Batum uh, saga. I mean, man. Oh, God, these contracts. So, first of all, and we'll get back to it, but we overpaid <laughs> Nick Batum. We overpaid uh, Zeller. We overpaid Michael Kidd Gilchrist. We just overpaid the wrong guys. Kimball Walker was making $12 million a year, uh, folks, the last couple of years. He was on a 12-year – I mean, I think he was on a four-year, $48 million contract. Uh, obviously – at the time when he got that contract, it was a great contract, but we just really overpaid for the wrong guys, and it put us in such a terrible position, and we couldn't give Kimber the supermax. And I think he would have taken it. Uh, I think he would have taken a slight pay cut, but obviously, I've been really frustrated with the Hornets with this bad drafting, and then we pretty much probably let our best player from the modern era leave and go to the Celtics for nothing. Didn't didn't trade him. Didn't get anything. And then they sent us, you know, Scary Terry. How awful was that? All right, I'm, I'm done on my, on my Kimball Walker rant. Sorry, sorry folks. Yeah, that's probably a good – as a fitting nickname because I'm sure Hornets fans are scared with, with getting Scary Terry back after that. Well, I don't know if there's light at the end of the tunnel anytime soon. Well, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. I, I'm pulling for you. I'll, th- I'll think of you every Hornets game I watch from now on. But, yeah, you know – I'm a disgruntled Sixers fan, but I, I wouldn't trade my, my fandom in the, wor- in the world for yours right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. I, I, just help improve, I just help you improve your outlook on your, your own personal You made team. me feel a lot better. <laughs> um, but anyway, Kemba, I like Kemba a lot better on FanDuel than DK. Just it's a money thing, you know. I know it's a short yeah. slate, 
But Kemba's played okay against Philly. Uh, just looking at DK, uh, 34 minutes a game over three games, average 33 DK points a game. There's nothing wrong with that at 6K. I don't know if I want to pay almost seven for him, but you know, Kai, minutes limiter up, has chip on his shoulder, you know, taking over for Kyrie, finally back in the postseason with a good supporting cast and a good coach. No offense, I didn't mean that to sound like uh, I'm taking another shot at the Hornets here, but it is just a better situation for Kemba. And 6K, <laughs> 6K with no minutes restrictions is, you know, if you if you go back three months ago and you see Kemba Walker at 6K, you probably even lock him in on some slates. So definitely, you know, I like the Kemba call there for FanDuel. Yes, sir. You want, you want to hit up this last game, Dallas and the Clippers? Please, if we sit on this game, I'm going to get more and more angry. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So we know this game has a lot of firepower. Nice little nightcap here for you guys who like the late push. Pretty high Vegas total out of the four games. And you got your Luca Porzingis versus Kawhi Paul George show. Uh, but there's a lot of other pieces in this game that could be very interesting. Luca is 11K on DraftKings. Guy who typically fills it up. The last game he played against them, you know, people they hear me out on this, and you give me your input. People are like, well, I don't know how he's going to do against the Wings and Kawhi and Paul George. He still scored twenty nine real points. He had like no peripheral stats, like no assists and no rebounds. It was just like one of those abnormal occurrences. Yeah, the August sixth game, he had three rebounds and six assists. And, you know, he's, he often triple doubles. So scoring wasn't a problem against the length of the Clippers. In fact, he went 10 for 21. I should probably double check and make sure both those guys played in that game. But I'm pretty sure they did, it, meaning Kawhi and Paul George. I'll have to take a look again. But it was just one of those fluke, no peripheral games. You know, three boards, six times, no steals, no blocks. I know he's not known for steals and blocks, but he just had nothing. So I, I, don't, I don't hate going to Luka here. I know some people might shy away. We know what his ceiling is, and it's a four-game slate. Um, and you know, with M, you know, Embiid has a pretty high ceiling on this slate too, as kind of two of the bigger studs here. And of course, Jokic. I'm just looking at you know, the high price guys here. I, I like going back to Luca in this, but I know he'll carry ownership either way. But um, he had no problem scoring the basketball in their last meeting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I like it a lot. Uh, I, I think Luca's going to be a fine play. Um, I, I'm personally still going to side with Porzingis, and let me tell you why. As long as there continues to be a massive gap between their salaries, uh, does Luca have more upside on any given day than Porzingis? On most days, I would say yes. However, let me put it to you this way. Also on most days, their, their median or their ceiling, their ceiling to me in, in terms of uh, actual production has been pretty close since they hit the bubble. Now, if you look at Luca's really big games in the bubble, there's a, there's a little asterisk there. Porzingis has fouled out, and that's my concern with Porzingis. If you look at Luca's huge games, Porzingis fouled out. Uh, that's the Milwaukee game, and then there was uh, another big game he had. Somebody fouled out. But if, if Porzingis isn't fouling out, him and Luca are about equal to me in terms of production. So I'm always going to just take the savings, try to get my exposure – to, to massive Dallas production through him, uh, and, and that's the way I'm going to approach it. That does not mean I'm not playing any Luka Doncic. I'm just going to have more exposure to Porzingis than I than I have of Luka. And if they both go out and get 50, Porzingis ends up being the better play. Even if Luka gets 60 and Porzingis gets 50, I still feel like Porzingis is the better play because of 
you know, the upgrades I can make in, in terms of maybe getting one better player that can get me closer to 40 than taking a 3K guy and hoping I get 25-30. That's just my approach. Love Porzingis. Uh, think, he's a, think he's a fine play. I'm just personally going to have a – I mean, I love Luka. Think he's a fine play. Personally, going to have a lot more Porzingis than I do Luka Doncic. And I, I actually kind of favor Porzingis here, too. I just wanted the listeners to not look at that last Clippers game and be like, wow, he only had like 40-something DKP. But I think not having the assists and boards is just some of those other guys weren't making the shots. And I know there's a right. lot of length. I know there's a lot of length on the Clippers, and people are worried about it. Um, the rebounding thing, I, I just – I don't know. It was just he, – he's going to rebound or assist usually. Like, like 9.9 times out of 10, he either does one or the other really well. And then, like, half the time he just does, he just gets, like, eight rebounds and eight assists along with his, like, 30 points, you know. But Porzingis yeah. is 8,300. And on, on, I'm just looking at draft kick. 8,300 for Porzingis, I, I really – I really do like, and he'll carry ownership, especially on DK as well. I wish he was power forward center eligible, like the good old days, meaning like a couple months ago, and then they switched him over to center only, but there's a lot of guys and some prices I'm not crazy about tomorrow. Uh, Montrez Harrell's 5,900. People are like, oh, Harrell's coming back. He hasn't played in a game in how long. I, I, I know it's the playoffs and it's win at all costs, but I can't see Harrell playing more than, I don't know, 23, 24 minutes maybe. But however, he is a big upgrade defensively on Porzingis and Zubak. You know, for those who watched that most recent game, Porzingis did whatever he wanted to Zubak. And Zubak's having a hell of a bubble. This guy is rebounding well. He's playing very well offensively. He's not, not a great offensive player, but he has a little skill, a little finesse guy around the basket and maybe hooks and things like that. So Zubak's another guy we could talk about when I'm done with this little rant here. He's 4,100 on DK. But I can't see Harold playing, you know, I'd be surprised if he played 25 minutes and he's 5,900 on DK. So for me, if I'm making a stand, and I love Montrez Harold. I'm like one of the biggest like pro Montrez guys, but he's probably not going to be in my player pool very much, if at all, tomorrow. What do you think about the matchup with Porzingis at center uh, for either of these guys, you know, what that does for both sides of the coin here? Well, I mean, I, I'm going to side with Porzingis against either one of these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that Harold isn't an upgrade defensively, but, you know, Porzingis is going to make this guy work. I mean, Porzingis is out there shooting 30-foot three-pointers, you know, 32-foot <laughs> three-pointers, 35-foot three-pointers. Like, he, he's going to stretch the floor. You know, he, he's the quintessential stretch four or five. He, he's, gonna, he's not going to bang inside the whole game. Uh, you know, he will get his shots up. And if he's hitting the long ball, uh, it's going to get real scary because now uh, Harold will play up, and now that'll open it up for Porzingis to, you know, get some backdoor cuts to the basket. So uh, I, I, I still like Porzingis. I don't think Harold plays a whole lot of minutes. I don't. I, I'm going to put his minute cap at 20. If he plays more than 20, I would be surprised. So uh, that's kind of where I am, uh, you know, in, in terms of their center play. I do like Zubak. I think Zubak is fine. Um, on FanDuel, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get there just because of the prices on Jokic and Embiid. Right, right. They're just – and, and I've got Gobert at 76. I've got Allen at 72, who I'm not going to play at all. I don't see how I get off of Jokic, Embiid, or Gobert. I, I don't think I can fade either one of them. Right. Um, so, th- you know, on FanDuel, that's that's kind of going to be my approach. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, 9,300. On FanDuel, I think the price is great. I think it's appropriate for 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 what we may get from playoff Kawhi. Uh, Paul George, eighty one hundred. 
I think that's appropriate for what we may get. Uh, won't have as much Paul George as I usually do because I'm, I'm hitting the Donovan Mitchell lock button on FanDuel. But uh, all in all, I think this team is priced appropriately if they're all going to play 35 to 38 minutes uh, and, and with the main guys being Kawhi and Paul George. I, I, I think that's who you go to. You know, we still got Patrick Beverly with this calf, questionable for game one. If he sits, that's going to really open up some value because now we'll have Reggie Jackson at 3,800 on FanDuel. So really keep a lookout that game, the last game of the night. I hope we get the news in time. But Reggie Jackson at 3,800. While I don't think he's going to have a huge impact, I, the, the price warrants consideration for the player pool. Not only Reggie Jackson, Landry Shamit is also questionable. So we're talking – you know, that we can talk to Reggie Jackson, you know, Lou, Lou, sweet Lou, one of my favorite players to play under any circumstance. He's 6K, though, but Lou has looked good when they ramped his minutes up like they said they would. There was really no surprises. We knew he'd be limited when he came back in the, in the bubble. And he played 25 his last game, and he looked really good. Oh, yeah. man. So, uh, yeah, I mean, four-game slate. You know, Lou Williams, usage guy off the bench with no chamois. He's definitely in play. Yeah. Definitely and in play. 300 on FanDuel. Ooh, I like that. I like that. So, and look, FanDuel, I will say, FanDuel is loaded at shooting guard. It's probably the heaviest position we have on the slate. So, while at point guard, you really don't have a whole lot of options. So, like, you know, at shooting guard, you've got – You've really got to make some decisions. You've got Luca, Levert, Paul George, Donovan Mitchell, Van Vliet, Lou Williams, Norman Powell, Josh Richardson, Jordan Clarkson, Alec Burks. You've got to make some tough decisions at shooting guard on FanDuel. Small forward, you know, it's kind of loaded, but I feel like you can kind of cut it off at Joe Ingles. I don't don't feel like you have to go below Joe Ingles. Power forward. Not as loaded. I mean, you got Chris Epps, Tatum, Porter. Those are kind of your high, your, your high floor guys. And then you've got Al Horford down there, a little bit of Royce O'Neal. But all in all, I feel like shooting guard is where you make your money on FanDuel on this slate. Yeah. And, you know, I DK, you got a utility spot. You got a guard spot. It's, it's nice to have that flexibility. And you got to make more tough decisions. I mean – Listen, with this pricing and, and everything, you got to make your decisions on DK. But only being able to pick two on FanDuel from that long list of names you like, who I'm all considering, you know, I could plug in a shooting guard, a guard, and a utility at the same position and be fine, you know. Um, so, yeah, that, you got some tough decisions, you FanDuelers, with a you know, nice little slate of basketball here, some really nice value, and then a couple of really good studs playing on Monday. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's really it for me for the Monday slate. I, I can't wait. This is like Christmas. Um, GPP food of the day, Will. What am I eating tomorrow during these games? Listen, let's talk burgers. Let's talk burgers and fries. Let's talk burgers and onion rings. Let's talk mm. burgers with milkshakes. So I'm going to give you guys kind of one of my favorite burger joints. Not not a really popular place. It is a chain. Um, obviously, well, first of all, let me say the best burger you're going to get is from your family cookout. As long as the person is preparing it properly, I think there's nothing better than getting a burger off your own grill. Um, but in terms of having to actually go out and get one, man, we've got a spot here. It's not a local spot. Like I said, it is a chain, but it's not everywhere. It's a place called Wayback Burger. Oh, my goodness. Love Wayback Burger. They've got a burger called the Cheesy. That should tell you all you need to know. It's got cheese everywhere. Uh, one of my favorite places, I get this thing called Wayback Gold Barbecue Sauce on there. Uh, I get me a cookies and cream shake. 
get me some mac and cheese bites or some onion rings or some or some fries. One of my favorite burger joints, man. Way back burger. Love that place. No, well, I'm about to start crying, man. You're like, I'm a big burger guy, man. I, I, I burgers are like my go-to. I, I probably I eat too many burgers, man. And you're right, the family <laughs> cookout thing. You know, it's nice grilling your own burgers too. You know, making how you want. Uh, what what's when you're cooking a burger on the grill what's your go-to kind of ingredients you know do you use any seasoning for me it's like oh, man, man i want like a bake if i want some bacon i throw well, total life hack here throw some bacon in the air fryer bacon in the air fryer is it'll change your life less mess it's done in 10 minutes it's really crispy get some bacon you know get some nice cheddar or maybe some uh, pepper jack cheese you know yeah. cook that thing man so what's your go-to when you're grilling burgers so, so first of all, if you're going to get your own ground chuck, you got to chop you up some onions and put it in the mix. Oh, yeah. you, you, you just have to. It's really good. Here's, an, here's another secret sauce here. Put you a little bit of Sweet Baby Ray's in the, in the raw ground chuck with your onions. Go ahead and make it into a patty. My goodness, my brother. Uh, it, it, it's on and popping. Here's a seasoning that I like. It's called Montreal Steak Seasoning. Put you a little bit of that in there. Brother, man, you put that thing on the grill, light it up, uh, pull it off, slap it on a bun, and then, and then look, you got to put your cheese on there right before you take it off the grill to get it oh, melted yeah. down just a tad. Oh, my goodness, brother. Uh, uh, it's 10.15 Eastern Standard Time. The grill's out in the backyard. Uh, don't make me go fire it up. If you do, you got to tweet it out. You got to tweet it out. We'll start, we'll start <laughs> posting the morning grind with like just a picture of, of your grill or like whatever we're cooking. Uh, and, I, and I love the morning grind, uh, you know, the Photoshop work our team does. But it's like our GPP food of the day is taking off here. But, yeah, there's – I'm a big burger fan too. Um, man, favorite burgers. One of them is in Nashville, Burger Up in 12 South. I, I, know, I know some of you all have had. Some good burgers there. I know it's like super frowned upon to also get a burger. If we're talking chain place to get a burger at uh, like, a, like a steakhouse, but uh, Outback has some pretty good burgers actually. So yeah. Uh, oh man. I, I don't mind chain burgers now. Hey, it's all good. I, I don't mind it at all. What, what was, what's the McDonald's Burger King Wendy debate for you? Is there, is there a clear cut winner? Oh gosh. Uh, so l- let me say this. I'm not really in the McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's debate. I actually like Hardee's. Hardee's. More than both of, more than both of all of those places. Thank you. Uh, Hardee's, is, Hardee's is like my go-to for fast food burgers. Uh, listen, it's not as popular. Uh, Hardee's Carl's Jr., if, if Carl's Jr. is in your area, not as popular of a place. But I, I'm more of a Hardee's fan myself, man. I love Hardee's. I'm from Northeastern PA, in case anybody hasn't listened to me talk about how boring it is typically. But there's no – the closest Hardee's to me is like Harrisburg, which is like an hour and a half. But I'm coming – I'm down here in Ocean City, Maryland. I, I'm in the DK Live Final, which got uh, – the live part got canceled in March, so I wanted to do something fun for it anyway. So I'm down here at the beach chilling. There, Delaware is full of Hardee's. I do not know why, but we stopped there on the way down. And oh man, their breakfast is pretty solid too. I, Ooh, I'm with you. Come on, Frisco breakfast. Yes, sir. Uh, flaky buttery biscuits that that, that somebody actually makes uh, in the morning. They're, those biscuits are made fresh. They don't come out of a, a package. 
Brother, I, I love some Hardee's, man. Oh, oh, my goodness. All right, all right. We, we got to stop talking food, or I'm about to take a drive back up to, to Delaware to, to go stop at Hardee's. Man, it's a good thing we're not, like, sponsored by, like, Weight Watchers or something. Like, no, <laughs> we're not. Uh, we're not epic here. fail. <laughs> epic fail. Epic fail. But, hey, you know, the season's winding down for NBA, but there is a lot of action going on on DraftKings. If you – Go hop over there, download your DK app, and type in promo code GRIND. That's G-R-I-N-D. A lot of chance to win a lot of money. Saturday was a huge MMA tournament, and the, the train's not stopping here. A lot of great NBA GPP prize pools over there on DraftKings. Promo code G-R-I-N-D. Will, anything else before we get out of here? What is this DraftKings you speak of? Well, I don't know if we have enough time in the program for me to tell you about DraftKings. DraftKings <laughs> is one of my favorite apps that are on my cell phone. Hop on over there, DraftKings, promo code GRIND, go win some money. Roto Grinders is here to help you out along the way. I hope you think me and Will are at least a little bit entertaining because we make ourselves laugh at least over here. <laughs> so, so you go get your Hardys, go, dra- go download your DraftKings, type in promo code GRIND, eat a burger, watch some playoff basketball at 1.30, call off work. Uh, go get it, man. Who cares? Just, just go get some hard youth plays in DraftKings, Utah, Denver, Donovan Mitchell time. That's it. That's all I got for you, Will. Yeah, man. Uh, brother, always a pleasure, man. Glad, glad we got to do this. Sorry we hogged it up. Uh, first of all, we're going to have to start getting a, a DraftKings to get us a GPP food contest. And, uh, you know, let's get some salaries on these foods, folks. Oh, yeah, we can start pricing the food or, like, the chains or the restaurants, man. Now we're thinking. Now we're thinking. Maybe we should put a poll on the RG homepage or something about what, what oh, people yes. want, food want us to talk about with their suggestions. I like it. Sky's the limit. Anyway, for the Chief, Will Priester, I'm Justin Carlucci. Good luck on Monday and enjoy the playoff basketball.